0: I'm really excited about our topic for this episode um, we're going to be talking about media and design and this is not my area at all <laughs> but um even though I don't work in this area I feel like I do a lot of um I find myself doing a lot of stuff within media um even though it's not like my job job and so I guess what kind of prompted this idea for the podcast was um Uh, We had a WYI meeting a couple of weeks ago where we were brainstorming some different ideas for a a poster that we want to send out for WYI. And um, I don't know, how long did we spend on the poster? Like maybe, I don't know, like 45 minutes just brainstorming some ideas for this poster?
1: Yeah, probably about that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, So about 45 minutes, and we're just talking about it. And while we're brainstorming... um, uh, you know, a lot of ideas come up, but that isn't our only meeting that we'll probably have over the poster. We'll we'll go back, we'll revisit it, we'll do a lot of different things with it before we actually decide on something that we want to do. And so that kind of process just prompted this idea. And so um, I'm here uh, with me, myself, and Jim as well. Um, Abraham is here. And then I've also brought a couple of people on board, (laughs) waving, (laughs) can't see, but. (laughs) Um, uh, We also have um, Eric Rodriguez from the youth department Hello. <laughs> and then I also have asked um, Jason Layton and Jeff Gabriel from Multimedia um, to come and, and just share a little bit about this process since you guys are more experts than I am for sure. Um, so, yeah.
1: <laughs> that was a good response, guys.
0: Way to acknowledge your presence. Hello, we're here.
2: This is Jeff.
0: What's up? <laughs> so why don't you guys just... Um, I just realized we're doing a podcast oh. with
1: introverts. <laughs> <laughs>
2: So are your here? designers or introverts? Our yeah. Designs speak for
3: themselves.
4: Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> so why don't you guys just tell us a little bit about what you do? Um, how do you I guess get into it and why do you why do you like it?
4: Uh I don't really do design for work, work, but I I like to design and I do stuff um just on my own and randomly and, and uh have my own little business doing that. Uh, I'm into lettering and typefaces. What? Like it. Your business. Oh, no, I don't want <laughs> to do that. Uh, and um, right-hand lettering.
3: Right-hand <laughs> hand lettering is Eric's
4: system. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and, uh, I, I got into it because I, I've always liked to, I've always liked to draw and I've always liked to express myself th- through media and through design. And, um, I thought it was a really good outlet for me to be able to do that. Uh, I like to see people's reactions and the way people react to certain designs, the way people react to certain things and, um, how, um, visually you can communicate a really powerful message just through something visual, sometimes without even using words, just with pure, um, pure effects and design and, um, graphics. So that's how I got into it. You're next.
1: What is lettering?
4: Lettering? Oh, lettering is, uh, like calligraphy and typeface, uh, designing words, basically, designing letters, uh, creating fonts, um, stuff like, uh, calligraphy, drop caps, um, fonts, uh, uh, making, um, making words stand out. So like when you, for instance, when, uh, when you say draw a word, it's almost like, oh, you're just writing, but you're actually designing a word so that it communicates the message that it's trying to transmit, you know? So like kind if you, yeah, stylizing it, exactly. So, and that includes different styles like, uh, like, uh, uh you know, calligraphy, uh, chalk, um, graphic, digital media, stuff like that.
2: Cool. Um, next up, this is Jeff Gabriel from uh, <laughs> the uh, multimedia department. I am uh, the senior graphic designer. Um, what I do is I basically come up with. I design the posters that you see. Um, you know,
3: <laughs> at our events.
2: <laughs> at our
1: events. On your bulletin boards. <laughs>
3: I honestly don't know, know where these go.
2: <laughs> I don't know where these go. I just design them. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, uh, I guess I'm a, I'm a, I'm a creative. I, I started when I was uh, really young, I'd say about three years old. Uh, my grandfather um, always made me draw things, random things. He would um, give me... Uh, something to copy, such as uh, caricatures that were on the newspaper. He'd say, hey, here's uh, the newspaper, here's a pad of paper, why don't you draw this? And he kept doing that with me. As I grew up, Like um, that, that stayed with me um, throughout uh, school, high school, all the different drawing projects I really enjoyed. Um, and then, yeah, for college I went to uh, graphic design school and now I'm here.
1: Nice work, Jeff. What about you, Jason Layton?
3: Uh, Jim is correct. This is a group of introverts, and I am very introverted, so uh, it's going to be fun. I, I got into video production when I was pretty young with, like, stop motion and toys, making a move, and it was always an outlet for me because I did find it difficult to communicate with people, and I was very shy. It gave me a chance to kind of put what I wanted to say into a visual format and say it. And I've continued that into adulthood. Um, I've gotten a little better at communicating, I I think, but that's also been the result of practicing the visual language and figuring out how to be clear with my communications. What do I want to say? How do I want to say it? How can I best convey that? And uh, yeah video production has been my voice, I would say
0: um, so obviously we have a lot of different like platforms that people use for media um, a core my, or a youth worker or somebody might have a social media site like a Facebook page or Instagram for their for their youth where they'll post pictures or maybe graphics for events um, that kind of stuff why do you guys think it's important to have good quality graphics or media video as well
4: i think something really important is um just like anything you want you want to get get a message across and uh and people react to stuff visually we live in a in a society that you know we're we're most of us are, have become visual creatures. We're always on our phones or we're always looking at some sort of media on, on a screen or something. So, um, whenever our stuff needs to be eye catching, I feel, and much more like when you're presenting something as important as the gospel or a positive message, you want to be out there and you want to make sure that the voice, your voice is being heard. And so I think it's highly important to present, you know, high quality graphics and, and design that, you know, is not only eye catching, but also transmits a positive message. Um, I don't know what you guys um, would say to that.
3: Yeah, I mean, piggybacking off that, yeah. So in our f- our field, we're communicating the message of Christ's love, and so it's important. It's an important message, and the uh, the way in which we communicate that matters. So clear visuals, um, actual thought behind what you're trying to say, and how you're going to reach the audience. Who's your audience? I think Christ models that. If you look in like, Mark, he's getting ready to preach to a group. He gets himself out into the middle of the lake in a boat where they can hear him, right, and they can see him. He speaks in word pictures that relate to what they're doing. He knows his audience. So I feel like as creatives who have been given this opportunity to kind of take the message of the army or take the message of, of Christ and um, share it with people, it's important that we're putting quality into our work, for one, but also that we're putting thought into our design and into our audience, and what connects with them and, and how you know they're going to connect with what we're trying to say. drop.
0: Uh, we can edit this out if it's not productive. What is the worst graphic you've ever seen? <laughs>
4: There's something that Jason did a while. Oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: um,
4: probably it's not probably not the worst, but um, I think once I saw a t-shirt and where hand placement wasn't was it in the best spot, uh, and that's uh, that's probably just one of the bad ones that I've seen, but it just wasn't thought through. I
1: don't recall any. Probably the worst designs that pop up generally are accidental yeah, yeah. things yeah. that the designer doesn't catch, the proofreader doesn't catch, and then someone catches when it's too late.
3: I feel like the thing that, that most bad designs have in common, you can tell that there was a quickness. Like, you know, the time wasn't taken to put this thing together. So it's not necessarily the message was bad. It's not necessarily the, the what they were trying to do was bad, but people rush through it to get it out. They kind of just slap clip art on top of something. Uh, there's 10 billion different fonts, you know. Um, but behind every bad design is a good... Uh, Intention? Yeah, I was like, how do we, what's the positive intent? <laughs> well, well, I, think, just some, that's, I think that's
4: terms. a good point, though. I think that sometimes it's one of those, you're rushed to do something or you, you know um, someone asks you, Hey, can you design something for our Facebook page? It's this and this and this and this and this, and we need it, by the way, we need it like in five minutes. And, and sometimes, you know, you just rush and just kind of put things, slap things together and kind of like put it together a little bit of gum and say, here it is, you know? And, um, you go on defont.com and find the snazziest font you can find and just put it out uh, without really thinking through the actual, how everything goes together.
0: Eric, what is that process like, um, just thinking through something like that? You know, you talked about people tend to rush a lot of times and you can tell it's evident, but what is the process like?
4: I think, uh, I, uh, I think a a lot of times you you have to start, you just kind of like basically like, what, what am I trying to say here? You know what? What are we trying to transmit? Well, usually, when we when we think about the WYI poster, for instance, we we think about well, we want to do something visually pleasing, but we also want it to reflect what's going to go on that week. You know, and we and we often just kind of. Maybe we, we settle and we kind of start thinking about it and somewhat argue, oh, you guys think about it too much. But we really want to transmit a positive message and we really want people to, to understand what's going to happen and what we're, they're trying to receive through their eyes and like in that in that poster. You know, I think that's that's basic. I mean, that's from the beginning. What What am I trying to say with this? You know?
0: Jason, Jeff, do you guys, what is your process like? Because I feel like you guys are, you're producing a lot of media.
2: Well, I guess it starts off with, um, you know, the, the client. You know, they, they have a, a message that they want to portray. And then it's up to you as a designer to come up with something um, to depict that. Um, so what I, you know, with my process, it, it begins with talking to the client seeing what their their vision is um what they, what kind of message you want to come across and that includes um you know colors the feel uh and um the what do you call them? the demographics uh, the people that you're trying to to reach out to
4: do you, do you ever like do you ever disagree with with the client? Like do you ever think like Never. Uh, uh, you know I don't know like do you ever like try to sway them and say I think that's a great idea but
2: See going back to the whole um you know poor design yeah. uh topic sometimes it's not even the designer's fault you know sometimes you have to consider what the the client wants. Right. Sometimes it's like their their um their word over yours. So
3: uh, going back to process, I feel like and, and kind of piggybacking on that thought. Somebody comes to you with an idea that they want a message or whatever they want to get out there and they don't necessarily know how. And so that's part of the process. You're figuring out, especially in video, you're figuring out, okay, well if I put this thing here, it's gonna have this kind of impact. And if I say if I tell it in this way, you know, it's gonna it's gonna help people connect with what you're saying in this way. So, like, a lot of design is sort of working through what someone's initially thinking and reworking that and and building it into something um, that'll reach who they're intending to reach, you know? Someone's like, I want to make this video for kids. So it's a 30-minute video of me talking, you know, in a chair. You're like, okay, well, hold on. So you want to reach kids, and they might have, like, a 30-second attention span for your first point and maybe we want to rethink how we do that you know like design a lot of times is strategy for reaching like i feel like i keep saying it but it's strategy for how are you going to connect with that audience you know like how are you going to make this message accessible to them
0: yeah so just from like a practical standpoint what are some things that, if you're designing, like whether it's a graphic or a video or something, what are some things that you should avoid? Papyrus.
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: I, do you want me to answer this question? <laughs> the non graphic designer? Yeah, Papyrus, Comic Sans, traditional fonts that we see on every single thing, um, 50 different images on one thing that don't work together, uh, over layering everything. Uh, trying to copy commercial uh, images, registered trademark images that we're trying to Christianize at. Where else I could keep going on this?
0: What about with the shield? What are the rules of the shield? Can, can we make changes to it? Can we not? That's
3: a tough like, it's. Uh, I don't want to discourage creativity, <laughs> right? But we have a very strong brand, and what makes it strong is its recognizability. I fumbled through that word, but you know.
1: It sounded clear to me.
3: So the more recognize we <laughs> recognize, it, the more we sort of dilute that and warp it and change it, the less recognizable it becomes. Um, so I don't know. I think you have to be careful how you use the shield. There's some, it's obviously like the Superman symbol on the superhero's chest. You're like, oh, it fits in similar shape, and sometimes that's okay. It depends. You're just doing it for your youth group. Have at it. But like for national artwork, stuff that we wanted to get out to a larger audience that knows us as the Salvation Army, then we, we identify ourselves the quickest way possible by using our our shield, you know, that we've spent, what, 150-plus years sort of getting out to the public. Yeah. That's well said, Jay. I, I had a thought, too, on... Um, on I'm like, uh, i like, I was thinking about minimalist art. You know, it seems really simple. You're like, I, I love Saul Bass this is this guy, if, if anybody's interested in um, animation. He did all these intros for old movies and uh, it's 2D animation on like a primary color. And it's really minimalist, but the thing about it that's incredible is the amount of thought that went into, I'm gonna take one simple thing and convey a whole lot You know, so art. When you're when you're first sort of starting out, it's easy to get excited. You're like, oh, I can add this now. I know how to drop shadows, and I know how to do all these cool things. And you kind of want to like show and tell all of that in everything you do, right? Like you're excited. Like, oh, look it. Um, And sometimes, uh, and it comes with the experience, I guess. But you can take a step back and just do one thing really well. You know, and uh, think about how that is going to contribute to what you're creating. And that's the thing about some of the minimalist art that I really love, like, it's so simple, some of it, but super well thought out, you know, like the the person had, I'm trying to think of an example, but um, yeah, you don't have to do everything (laughs) in each one of your designs, you know, you don't have to try to, to show all of your skill and one design. Sometimes it's a skill to be able to step back and just kind of work on one technique, you know?
4: Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Um, as a, as someone who's really into, it sounds really nerdy, someone who's really into fonts and letters and, and stuff and, and letter forms, um, one of the things that always kind of like makes me cringe a little bit is when um, you start putting Three or four or five different fonts into one one poster or one graphic. Uh, you start you like oh I like this font so I'm gonna put it in there. Oh I like this one so I'm gonna put it in there, and it just kind of becomes like this convoluted thing where it, nothing really makes sense. Um, and you can just step back and say, well I can use one or two complementary things and and it'll it'll look nice. Um, also I feel for instance when I first when I first started doing stuff. Uh, Defont.com was like one, one of my favorite things to go to. It was like, oh, I'm just going to download this font and everything. And this one looks like it's like uh, old English and you know, all my gangster friends are going to like it. <laughs> and, uh, and, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, and so, um, but, but then like I started realizing, you know, sometimes we'll use fonts that are just really illegible. You can't read them. You know, you're trying to convey a message, but people can't read what you're trying to put out. And so I, th- I think that's one thing that we ha- really need to think through of course you want to have something that st- like has certain style to it and looks nice and and is flashy and maybe really attractive um, but you also have to think about how practical is it can people read it Is it something that you'll be able to look at um, I really like. Um, like, uh, calligraphy and all that stuff. But a lot of people have told me, I, I really can't read cursive, (laughs) you know, or I can't read that stuff. And, and I understand it and I get it It, it, in, in a certain place. I think that's fine. But if you're going to design a poster or do something like that, and you want to do something really stylistic like that, it probably won't work because people won't be able to read it. Uh, so, um, I think that's another thing to look out for definitely when it comes to designing something or putting something together.
2: Uh, here's a little tip um, um, I experience myself. Um, sometimes you're working on a project for hours at a time, and your, your eyes just tend to get drawn and used to what you're trying to design. And sometimes you get lost, and you're just like, uh, you know, what is it kind of loses meaning. So sometimes you just have to take that break, kind of step away. Um, you know, sometimes I'll just sleep on it, literally, come back the next day, and it looks, brand new, it looks different. And then I I, uh, I look at everything that I did and you kind of feel like, oh, why'd I, why'd I do this? You know, this doesn't make sense. And then you start to work further from there.
3: I, would, uh, like, I remember when I first started making things, I was always afraid of criticism. I didn't want to show people because they would tear it down. And I was in love with what I made, obviously, until they tore it down, then I'm like, oh, you know, get discouraged. But um, I think there is a maturity to not being afraid of criticism. And I think this applies even to youth ministry. right? Um, Listen to your audience. Listen to other people's uh, uh, advice. It doesn't mean that you have to be um, completely swayed the minute someone says they don't like a certain thing. But don't be afraid of criticism, because I think it makes you stronger. It makes your work better. and also uh, on that same note, really do study, study your audience. Study who you're making it for. And um, look at other art. Like, get on Instagram if you're already on it and look at some art pages. Go to a museum, go out in nature, get inspired. Uh, watch a movie that's really well put together. Whatever, whatever it's gonna take for you to kind of, to bring something fresh to the table, because once, I've been doing this 11 years, you know, we've all been doing it for a long time. You get into a habit. You know how to turn something out fast and in a certain way. Um, and I think it's important to kind of be willing to be sharpened by other artists and to be willing to let people kind of speak into your designs and say, hey, maybe maybe try this next time. Or You know, to be honest, I don't get it. And that can be okay. Uh, actually, sometimes that, makes it better like they come up with something you hadn't been thinking of and you pivot and you pivot in the right direction you know so
1: don't. tell me about that process because uh taking criticism is hard especially when it's your own work uh and made by your hands uh tell me uh, like maybe how you've learned to kind of cope with that a little bit more and because uh, i i don't I don't think it's something that you could always just be like, oh, well, yeah, I just take criticism, and it doesn't really affect me anymore. It, it does affect you, it, and sometimes it hurts your feelings. Sometimes it's warranted. Sometimes it's not, and uh, so tell me about having to learn that.
0: Yeah, does the feeling ever go away? <laughs> I,
4: th- I think you always you always feel a little that sting a little bit, you know? You always feel that kind of like... Okay, you know, but I put a lot into this, you know. Um, but I think that it, it, it also comes. It, it, I think it's a growing process. Uh, you you, I, I something Jeff said I think is really important. I think that sometimes stepping away and and kind of closing your eyes a little bit helps because and and it, and it helps to put things you know to present things to other people and show them. Um, because that's also part of that, you know, you're stepping away from it yourself and having fresh eyes on it, having someone else look at it. And, um, that also helps you grow a little bit and think, well, you know, I, as, as, as a designer, as an artist, I see it this way, but for the person I'm trying to communicate to, they won't see. Maybe they won't see it the same way, and uh, and I just kind of need to need to go with that. And there's always there's always that that middle ground, you know. I, I feel that you're you're kind of always kind of playing a kind of like a balance game where you want to put a little bit of yourself in it, but then also reach that demographic and put some of them into it too, you know. So it's always kind of like a give and take, and like I I still want I want it to reflect what this person told me it needs. But then I also still want a little bit of of myself in it, you know?
3: Yeah, I would would say it's deeply personal. You're putting yourself out there. um, And sometimes you can turn into the little design golem, the creative golem for, like, (laughs) mine, you know? (laughs) Uh, And I feel like it's, uh, yes, it's yours. And it needs to be deeply personal. You need to put yourself into it and care and have a passion for it. But no, it's not yours. Like, you're trying to reach somebody else and it's for them. So not having their input makes zero sense. You know, Not being open to how it affects them makes no sense. So uh, the criticism part, it should hurt. Because if you're putting something together to show people, um, chances are you like what you're showing them, right? Like, to you, it clicks. So to hear someone say, that doesn't click for me, that, that's painful, that stings. It, it feels like it's a, a, a criticism about everything you are, and sometimes, you know, if you if you if you just kind of take it that way, um, but instead, it's more of okay, so this design didn't click with you. Why? Oh, because of this. Is it like a weird personal choice? Like, well, I don't like it because I don't like blue, or is it like, well, actually, you know, every time I look at this, it reminds me of Christmas, and you're talking about Halloween. You're like, oh, well, that makes perfect sense. Never mind, you know. So, no, it never gets easy, <laughs> but it gets easier when you realize that these things you're making are meant to be organic and collaborative, and to go out into the world and not just be your personal thing. So it, it's okay that it changes, that it it grows apart from you, and that other people contribute to it. You know, that's the beauty of art that's the part that I, I connect with the most is because it's your chance to to enter into a relationship with, with other people, with your audience, you know?
1: What's been your favorite piece that you've done that you you were just like, hey, this really resonated with me and it's just something you kind of look back at, something that you've done personally that had a strong connection for you? Uh, Jeff, <laughs> not not at once. It helps if if you just take individuals.
4: Uh, for me, for me, um, you know what? For me, was one that was like really out of the box. Um, and it was, I don't think I've done anything on that scale since. And I don't, I didn't do any, I haven't done anything on that scale before that that it was like that. Is for um, boot camp. I got to do this huge lettered backdrop of, um, you know, of the the days of creation in Genesis. And it was cool just to explore just, di- just different illustrations and little, and, and wordings and the way to draw these words out. And, and I had to sketch it out first and then, and then project it onto this huge canvas and then draw it out, chalk it out, and then. And then paint it out, and it was it was a lot of work, but in the end, I really liked the end result. You know, once it was on the stage and it had all the lights on it and everything, it looked really cool. And for me, that's probably like on, in my top five projects of things that I've I've been able to do. So much because of the scale of it, also I really enjoyed doing it, and I I liked how it looks too. So I, I it was one of those things that it was really pleasing to me, and I really connected with it. Yeah,
1: Jeff. <laughs> It doesn't have to be work-related.
2: Yeah. um, uh, Back in uh, graphic design school, we had the opportunity to come up with our own brand, our own personal logo. Um, I came up with mine, and it's basically, I'll I'll try and describe it. It's a circular shape. Uh, My initials are JG. I was able to uh, incorporate the the J into the G, um, and I, I just fell in love with it. Um I was even able to create stickers, a bunch of vinyl stickers, and put it all, all over, uh, put it on my laptop, my phone, and everything. And I just took um, so much pride in that, being able to come up with uh, a brand that represents me. That's cool. Jason?
1: Do you have one?
3: There's a, yeah, there's some things I'm proud of for different reasons. Uh, the first time I was ever really proud of a piece I'd done was in college that I remember, I guess, video-wise. Um, I worked at a bookstore, and this guy came in randomly one night, drunk, and just kind of belligerent, and was like, you need to call my wife, you need to like tell me what to do. And we developed this relationship over time, went to AA together. Like uh, We had a, it was a weird happenstance meeting, and it turned into a friendship. And I ended up doing a documentary about him and he lived in an RV at a church with his his wife and his three kids and so over the course of like six months I just filmed and followed him and he would come to my house he was a DJ so I designed flyers for him and he was doing stuff on vinyl and it was like okay let's get all your music onto like an iPod it'll be easier for you to carry stuff and it was cool because There were so many levels to that for me. Like I was actually connecting with an individual. We were making a piece of art sort of together. I was filming it and it seemed bigger than just like I'm making a quick little video. Um, But also there was an impact when we showed it. Like people were were moved by it. And my dad called and left a message on my phone uh, that I saved forever. And he was just like, Jason, I just saw your film. That was a real, Oh, my, holy, that was a real movie. <laughs> you made a real movie? You know, and my dad was blown away. And it was the first time I had felt like, oh, like, maybe I can do this. This is, this is cool. And there's a purpose to it. It's not just, which it's fine. Like, it's cool to just make a thing that's cool. But it was like, this is the thing that's cool, and it's affecting life, and it's communicating a message to other people. And it was a terrible film, by the way. But I doubt it. I loved it.
0: <laughs> well, a lot of people are kind of just starting out in design and media, and uh, they're they're trying to figure things out. It can be really time consuming. Um, do you guys have any sort of resource or tool or app or something that you would recommend to somebody who's just starting out, um, whether it's with video or with graphics or something? Or even um, a resource where they can learn how to improve their skill a little bit more?
2: Um, I'm constantly growing, always looking for what's trending in the graphic design world. Um, what it's,
0: is trending, by the way?
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's evolving, just like uh, Apple products. <laughs> it's moving so fast. Um, but what I, what I usually use is YouTube. As simple as YouTube. Um, you know, I, I search. Um, they have... Uh, trending topics, you know what what's trending in um, in logos, in poster design, you know. Um, and if there's anything in particular that I'm looking for, I'll I'll search with a keyword, and and something is bound to pop up. So um, you know, and then from there in in the in the uh, in the video, you know, sometimes they have information, additional information. They'll they'll plug a link and say, hey, check this this artist out. I'll click on that link, and then I'll just get lost in the in the internet, you know, researching um, different artists, different um, tools, and uh, other resources. So I think YouTube is my go-to resource.
3: Get a pen out, pen. Okay, here's your, get a pen and paper. If you're in the video, uh, there's a lot of different sources for learning. If you want to do video production, no film school. Um, Film Riot, Video Maker uh, Magazine actually has a website. Um, If you're kind of into uh, like effects graphics, video co-pilot is a guy named Andrew Kramer who does tutorials where he'll actually give you everything you need to make exactly what he's showing you. Um, uh, School of Motion also teaches you some motion design. Uh, But then not everyone has $50 a month to spend for some of the apps we use, like we're used in Photoshop. we're using the Adobe Suite, so we've got Photoshop, we've got Premiere, we've got After Effects, we've got these programs. And not everyone has those. There's open source programs that are meant to do the same thing, and maybe there's a couple extra steps to get it going, but um, you know, if you want to do effects design work and, and 3D stuff, there's something called Blender out there you can get. Um, there's GIMP, which is like Photoshop's brother, you know? Um, and then along with GIMP, there's like another penguin. There's all these different ones that emulate all the programs that are out there. And it's a way to get started. I know maybe it's not as, as appealing as having the top of the line, but if you want to make something, you can start, um, and you can start for free and you can learn and get to where you need to be, you know, when the time is right. But don't be afraid of going open source, I would say for your apps. And even, like, if you're on a Windows machine, Movie Maker works, you know? It doesn't have to be super complex. It works to do assembly edits, and that's, that's basically video production. You're cutting together images in a sequence and laying audio under it, and you can do that. So that would be my, my tip. You, you
1: got famous because of GIMP, right? Jason showed me GIMP when he first started working here, and... I didn't know it did that kind of stuff. Jason was amazing on GIMP. What? It's true, right? That's what you use.
3: I, when I first started, I didn't know that they would buy me software. <laughs> so I came in with like, oh yeah, check this out. This is thing called GIMP and all this stuff. And everyone else is like, uh, have you heard of Photoshop? <laughs> like, heard of it? You have to be rich then. <laughs> I was. Um, I, I've been plugging open source software for
1: the longest. I time. wasn't criticizing. You were amazing on GIMP. I enjoyed
3: GIMP.
1: You were not gimpy
4: on GIMP. All right, <laughs> Eric. Uh, so some resources. Um, I highly recommend Skillshare. Uh, Skillshare is just a, a monthly membership uh, website that you just learn a bunch of stuff. You get your first month for free, so you could try it out for thirty days and try out everything uh, that you're interested in. and They have a lot of stuff like from art to lettering to graphic design to videos animation you learn everything there 10 bucks a month 10 bucks a month yeah it's 10 bucks a month first month's for free so you can try it out if you like and and if you don't like it you don't have to keep using it um instagram i go i i i like to look around on instagram a lot for inspiration see what other artists are doing and and in different mediums, and so that's always really good. And a lot of people are now, they're putting their work-in-progress shots up and and videos, work-in-progress videos, where you can see how they're doing what they do and how they add effects to their graphics and stuff. Um, YouTube, I follow uh, this guy named Will Pat, and he's a Christian uh, logo design artist. And he does a bunch of stuff. Uh, Stefan Coons also on YouTube and on Instagram, and Ian Bernard, who's actually designed some stuff for the Army as well.
0: Yeah, he did some of our All Fight Day posters.
4: Yeah, he's did some of our All Fight Day posters and some T-shirts from ward- for Wardrobe. So, and uh, he actually puts a lot of his process stuff up online. Um, I learned how to do like this um, lettering overlay thing that you can use on you can do just on apps on your phone, which is really cool. He kind of found this workaround. And uh, so those are, those are really good resources, I think. Um, uh, what else? Uh, Jessica Hish is another person to be able to look up. And a lot of these artists, Hish, and a lot of these artists, like if you go to their websites, they also have like, links to a bunch of their videos and, um, and a lot of the tools that they use. You know? So it's, it's really good to get kind of like that insight of what they use and, and how they use it so you can also kind of try to do similar things. I'm
3: just going to throw this out there and put everyone on the spot, but Salvation Army, we're one giant family, so just write Eric Rodriguez at usw.org, usw.salvationarmy.org. He'll answer questions. You can write me. Like we're, we're a resource if you have questions. And We might not be able to help you make – we're not going to help you make stuff. <laughs> but we can definitely yeah. talk you through things. Like, we're <laughs> not going to do it. But, <laughs> yeah. but uh, my point on that is don't be afraid to reach out to people like saying there's if you find an artist you like send them an email the worst is that they don't write back and you're in the same spot Um, but a lot of people who are creative like helping other people who are creative and it's flattering when someone's like how did you do that you know some of us are excited we're not magicians so we want you to know the trick
4: that's really true um on so on instagram i've I've written to several artists that I admire and like I want to learn to do what you do someday kind of thing and and I'll ask them questions like how did you do this effect on this design or on this and they're they very like they're very free with their information it's not like they're like keeping it keeping a lid on it there's like those they'll, they'll say oh here you know I've used these brushes or I've used this sto- this software to do this and uh, it's it's very informative and you'd be surprised at how much people share with you like you think oh they won't want to you know, tell me anything. I'm a newbie, and and you'd be surprised. A lot of people are really open to share, really open to just give you information on what to use, where to find the inform- where to find like tutorials on it and everything.
3: Artists are all secretly narcissists, so we love talking about <laughs> what we do and how we do it.
4: Exactly.
0: Jim, Abe, any um, apps or any tips or anything like that?
1: Um, yeah, there. Uh, I just went blank on the one that we use. That. Canva. Canva. You could go to Canva. That's an easy one to make simple little graphics. Um,
4: Unsplash for yeah for stock. Yep. Stuff.
1: All these links we'll put in the, uh, in the description of it so, to help you out. But uh, and and yeah, like ask people. I've learned Photoshop since I've been here. I've learned all that stuff. I learned InDesign. I created a magazine. My first time ever opening InDesign, and uh, and it was because I just kept asking people certain things. Yeah, I think one of the biggest things, as I've learned, Photoshop is just because you get something and you own it doesn't mean you're going to be good at it. And I think one of the biggest mistakes is you're like, oh, well, uh, we're going to get Photoshop for such and such, and they'll be able to do all that stuff. It's not easy, it turns out. People have to go to school for it. And uh, so it, the key is to being patient and, and learning and and trying to learn the, the right way. So that way when you have to actually do something, then you could actually do it. But, um, yeah, it, it's a learning process. And I laugh because people will say that, well, most people only learn about – they're only using like $50 worth of Photoshop because it's so deep. So, if it's so deep and it's so difficult, then start with Photoshop elements. Start on a smaller scale, learn, and then work your way up so that you could learn the bigger stuff.
3: Related to that, I would say don't be afraid to use templates. I used to think that everything had to be custom in the beginning. I'm yeah. like, oh, well, if I don't make it myself, I'm somehow cheating. I'm not, you know, whatever. Use templates. Yep. They're great. And they're a great way to learn how things are put together. And you can learn from the artist who made it by using their template. They made the template for you to use
1: it. Yeah, when I photo edit, I use actions all the time. Because I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to do it. And I use actions. And some of the actions will explain how to manipulate the photograph to get those colors. But I don't know how to do it. And so I'm not going to, I, instead of monkeying around, I'm going to use the action. And then I'll learn how to do it that way.
4: So for someone who doesn't know what's an action,
1: Um, An an action is a button, a preset button that you could do. Uh, The easiest way to, if you're on Instagram and you hit Claridon, that's an action. It changes the color of your picture, changes all the things. That's an action.
5: Is there an action that says, look good? Just push it.
1: I believe that's called the Rodriguez. Rodriguez. Hey. You hit
5: the Abraham button. Yeah. I just, yeah, yeah, hey, um, I'm Abraham. I've I've been sitting back here in the shadows the whole time for those of you listening. Uh real quick recommendations uh, templates you can go to ThemeForest right for templates what's the, ThemeForest theme is a family is part of
3: VideoHive or not VideoHive it's uh, VideoHive and all these guys linked together. Yes. It's an Australian outfit that uh put together their website and they, they link to stock footage, they link to Photoshop Actions, they link to After Effects templates, all sorts of stuff. Some so stuff is video, free. Video Blocks has templates. Video Blocks.
5: Uh, and then another paid resource, lynda.com. You can learn everything there too. Like even things that have nothing to do with software. You know, uh, you can, uh, another, and another good resource. For, uh, oh, uh, going back to Linda. Paid is really good. I recommend paid. Uh, free is good because it's free. That's the added benefit. But you have to sort through a lot of things and a lot of poorly edited stuff. But if you have no option, go free. But if you want to get really serious, invest the time and put some money into it and pay for something to help you, you know, like Linda or like Skillshare. Udemy.com. Udemy. Udemy.
3: <laughs> Udemy. Udemy is. Uh... Those are those little green beans, right? <laughs> I believe it's Udemy. I might be somebody listening to this might know, yes. I could be wrong, but there's like a Udemy. It's an app that's an academy, so you can go on and take all sorts of courses. And they're always making these random deals where it's like everything's free today. And you download the course and it's free for you. And then the next day it's 50 bucks. So Udemy. I must be doing it wrong. I just eat it.
5: And then a good community uh, I would recommend is Reddit. Uh, get yourself a Reddit account and find a subreddit that has to do with. Uh, the designing whatever I went into. I got a couple of subreddits I'm part of. One's an After Effects subreddit, a blender reddit, and I asked for advice, and everybody wants to give you advice, and it's really great, so...
0: All right, guys. Well, thank you so much uh, just for that insight. Our whole kind of goal with this podcast was just to have an introduction to um, design and media, especially for those who are beginners. But if this is interesting to anybody, um, leave us a comment. Give us some feedback. If you want to talk more about video or media or kind of get deeper into these topics, just let us know. And and we'd love to, to chat with you and, and see um, yeah, where it goes. See you guys. Bye-bye now.
3: Roger. Bye, Jeff. <laughs> Bye.